Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. Welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute and Jason McGuire at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Well, Michael, I want to begin with you today. It is the 51st annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. I know you've sent bus loads of pro-lifers to the National Mall to attend. I want to start with this question. What are, do you think, the major challenges facing the pro-life movement in 2024? Well, I think the biggest one, Bob, comes from the figure you mentioned, which is the 51st annual March for Life. Americans have lived under court-imposed legalized abortion for 50 years since the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973. So that has taught Americans Americans to view abortion as a right, that then forces them to think, well, nobody's going to take that away from me. And we see that in the abortion amendments, the constitutional amendments in places like Ohio that we just witnessed in November. Here in Pennsylvania, we have a very progressive movement in our House of Representatives. There are four bills pending in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives that would expand abortion rights right up till birth. We'll be fighting those in this coming session. I know there are over 20 states now where it's harder to get abortion since the overthrow of Roe, but I couldn't find the answer answer this question. I wonder if you have it. Since that time, has there been fewer or more abortions in this country? Well, the sense I get, and it's hard to quantify it officially, but the Susan B. Anthony list has uh, compiled basically research of CDC figures and suggests that in the states that have put in these uh, more restrictive or more protective abortion laws, they've seen 32,000 additional babies that have been born as a result of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. So that's in the plus category, which is really exciting. Of course, we have these states going in the other direction, but there's not evidence that that is increasing numbers of abortions in significant ways compared to the life saving efforts that have been going on in these pro-life states. So ultimately, a net gain of lives saved since the uh, historic Supreme Court decision June 22nd, 2022. Jason, ironically, uh, since that ruling, it seems like, I know you uh, feel this in New York big time, it's been harder, not easier, to get the pro-life agenda across the proverbial goal line. How come, do you think? Well, I think what's happening is the left has really been digging in the trenches now, and they're just doing everything they can to hang on to, in their view, their absolute right to an abortion. That's very concerning, but until we have a cultural change where hearts and minds are moved, we're not going to see the kind of move to the pro-life position that we would like to see here in New York and other states that lean towards pro-abortion positions. I'll ask you the same thing. Um, I've asked Michael, what do you feel like are the major challenges on the sanctity of human life front in New York in 2024? Well, you know, there are sanctity of life issues regarding the Out-of-State Abortions Act we've been talking about. The state would like to fund abortions for women to come here from other places to receive an abortion. So if they're coming from a state that, you know, that tends to favor pro-life legislation, New York would pay for that woman's abortion. But it's not just beginning of life issues. We also are going to 
to see a major push for assisted suicide in our state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is really intensifying, and the pro-life community needs to understand that the beginning of life and the end of life are both stages of life that need protection. All right. Well, Michael, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. What's being done in Pennsylvania right now to prevent this crime from happening? Well, there's good news that uh, legislation that was passed uh, late last year and signed into law by Governor Shapiro. This is legislation. The lead sponsor that is Senator Chris Dush from the western part of the state. He introduced legislation that deals with the victims of sex trafficking. Senate bills 44 and 45 allow for that designation to be given to a person who is sex trafficked, even when they cannot or will not name the person who is trafficking them. That's important because historically, many times, especially if they're minors, they're afraid to say who it is that's trafficking them. Gotcha. Well, hey, Jason, Governor Hochul put dollars and cents this week on her policy proposals that she outlined last week in her State of the State speech. A lot of dollars. Don't know how much cents, but a $233 billion budget proposal. That is no chump change, as they say. But what were the major headlines from her budget address this week? Well, I think the headline is that Governor Hochul played it safe when it came to this year's budget. I think she has an eye on the November elections. Uh, Democrats have been having a more difficult time here in New York. And with major seats for Congress up this year, every state legislative race, I think she's playing it safe. That being said, the budget does still increase. And so while the governor had good words, straight talk about the need to tighten the belts and that the, the gravy train can't go on with no end in sight, the budget went up again. And I think there is a concern there that even in years in which we say it is a tightening of the belt, we are still going to see another increase in the overall rate of taxation here in New York State. Well, Michael, we saw Donald Trump trounce the competition in Iowa this week. I know they're gearing up for New Hampshire next week. But both uh, Governor Shapiro and Senator Fetterman uh, say, hey, they want Trump to stay on the ballot in Pennsylvania for your primary election in April. Do Pennsylvania Democrats like their chances against Trump versus the other two candidates left in the race, DeSantis and Haley? And if so, how come? Well, I think maybe they do. You know, it's interesting because these presidential elections and the primaries going into the general election are very fluid and can change from week to week and month to month. But polling has indicated that some of the other candidates that could potentially be on the Republican ballot in November uh, fare better than Trump does. So that may be a motivating factor in terms of why Fetterman and Shapiro are saying that. The other part of it is just our elections in Pennsylvania are notable for being kind of messed up. And maybe they just think, hey, let's leave this one alone and let the process go the way it ordinarily does. And maybe that's a motivation for them to just say, hands off on trying to pull him off the ballot. Gotcha. Well, talking politics, Jason, let's uh, talk about that special election on February 13th on Long Island. This is the race to replace the former Congressman George Santos. Of course, the Democratic challenger is a guy that's well known to politics, Tom Suozzi. The Republican challenger, this woman is fascinating. You read her bio, it's like, wow, mother of seven, former Israeli soldier, Ethiopian born candidate. How likely is it that that seat stays in Republican hands? 
Yeah, you're referencing Mozzie Pillip, and she does have an interesting uh, biography. I think the Republicans were looking for a very diverse candidate in what is an increasingly diverse district, and they may have it in Mozzie Pillip. Uh, I think it's probably a toss-up at this point as to whether or not the seat stays with Republicans. It's going to be a very expensive race. It's coming up very quickly. But essentially, you have the known brand in Tom Swansea, the Democrat, against this Republican, Mozzie Pillip. And uh, we'll know a lot about the mood of the people there in Long Island by the time this race is decided on February 13th. And by the time it's decided, they'll have to start thinking about running again because the seat's up again in November. Michael, before we go, you hosted a prayer service at the state capitol this week. Tell us a little bit about what motivated you to spearhead that event. Yeah, it was a snowy Tuesday here in Harrisburg as the capitol rotunda held this gathering with pastors from throughout central Pennsylvania. It was sponsored by our church ambassador network, and the, the reason and rationale for it is really, remember someone describing the capital as a dark place. The nature of power, politics, etc., needs the light of the gospel, and so that's really what that was about, is to, to kind of, as a new part of the session is starting out, that we set a tone of prayer and worship in our state capital. Yeah, Jason, you talk, this because reminds me of your whole mission statement, it's why we love having you guys on every week, is it's not just to influence legislation, but to influence legislators for Christ. I know in New York, that is a very difficult thing to do these days. But just talk about that mission statement and why it matters now more than ever. Yeah, we do obviously want to influence public policy, but we also want to influence the hearts and the minds of our elected officials and help them see their need for Jesus. That's why we have this weekly Bible study that meets at uh, the beginning of the new session. We're now in the second week of the weekly Bible study. About 18 different members are attending that on average. Um, and, you know, it's just it's a wonderful opportunity for Democrats and Republicans to come together and to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have an opportunity to receive it in their own lives. Mm, love what you guys do. And more importantly, love who you are and uh, love spotlighting you each and every Friday on Capital Connection. If you have questions about the March for Life or the Sanctity of Life issues facing Pennsylvania in 2024, Michael, you have a wonderful website. Where can folks go and learn more? pafamily.org. And stay informed on all the issues in New York as the legislative session heats up again. Jason, where can folks find you? AlbanyUpdate.com. 